Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Why We Stay podcast. This is where we share stories of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who have, at times, questioned their faith. In doing so, we hope that we can foster an environment of honesty, vulnerability, and spiritual strength that we can, indeed, come closer to Christ, even when we experience a faith crisis. This is Why We Stay. Hey everybody, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to part one. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet, go give it a listen right now before you listen to part two. But I am so grateful for this chance to share my story and for what's to come. I'm also excited to share part three this Friday, so stay tuned for that as well. And I honestly just want to jump in since I've already introduced myself in the last section of this episode. And I'm going to go ahead and take us to the scriptures because that is part of why I stay. Um, There is so much truth that we can learn within the scriptures and especially about certain things within the gospel. And I am so grateful for knowledge. I don't think I would be where I am in life. And um, it's nothing crazy, obviously, but I wouldn't be where I am in life if I didn't have knowledge about the scriptures. And... um, and about the references and resources we do have within the church that are there for our benefit and our uh, ability to grow and to learn and expand our knowledge and, um, you know, get out of the mindset that ignorance is bliss because in terms of, you know, learning, it's really not. I can attest to that. (laughs) Um, But I would like to take us to the scriptures to kind of get a premise to my story. I found this scripture in my study of the Old Testament when I was a missionary in the Philippines and I was going through a period of time on on my mission where I just felt so inadequate to the point where I thought I was going to go home. Um, Not only that I was going to go home, I just felt like I wasn't, you know, giving anything to the mission. I felt like I wasn't supporting the way I should and I just felt like I wasn't, you know, pulling my part, if that makes sense. And then um, doing a lot of comparison, doing, comparing, excuse me, and and the like so um but i know looking back that i went and did the best i could because god god called me to do his work um and use me and my talents that are unique to me to do what um no one else can do for within my capacity you know um i had wonderful companions that brought so much to the table and i learned so much for them from them And I've been applying a lot of that even in my post-mission life, thanks to them. So um, they are huge examples to me of working hard and being resilient and um, always wanting to learn and grow. So, but let's go ahead and get, jump right into the Old Testament. We're going to Psalms. Let me go ahead and open that up real quick. I had it ready, but I got a little nervous starting this and you know how it can be sometimes. But let's go into Psalms chapter 51, and it's about, uh, I think it's King David. Whoever's listening, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, chapter 51, verse 10, and th- David basically is pleading for forgiveness to God because he went into Bathsheba. And it kind of got him a lot of trouble because his frailties as a human and his normal, you know, 
reactions to attraction you know it happened and it's not that it was um, bad that he was feeling those things but he acted on it and it ended up being um, uh, you know getting some trouble because it was um, and very unfaithful in this in especially in his situation and so um, what I love though is that he gives the perfect perfect verse about what the atonement of Jesus Christ is and what it can do it says and I'm going to read 10 through 12 just because they're great but 10 is my favorite (laughs) and it says create in me a clean heart O God and renew a right spirit within me cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy holy spirit from me restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit I love that that's so humble it's so hey I screwed up um, but I know you can do this in in, um, in I guess correlation or I guess in conjunction with me like I will we will work together I know you'll work with me to be better and to um, you know put my head on straight you know um, and then on top of that um, he also said create in me a clean heart because you know God God's our creator and that as a mortal we have limitations because our bodies aren't perfect and so he knows that through the atonement of Jesus Christ um, through the gospel through repentance especially in this time since um, the atonement hasn't happened yet um, the faith that the that David must have had just to trust in forgiveness just plain forgiveness from God um, created a sense of hope and healing And this is a good premise and preface to my story because I'm going to take you all back to 2015. And I was 17, just graduated from high school. I didn't get into any of the schools because I applied late due to medical conditions that I had with um, my legs that were involved with my brain and my muscles in my legs. And I then I got into and then I had a scholarships I had I had to reject. one after one and it was heartbreaking and then I got into a car accident that almost took my life and then I also went off to school in Utah State because I was like hey at least I have family and friends there I can you know reach out to them if I need anything and it's just a quick like hour and a half flight away if I need to go home and so and I think my roommates at that time and I can attest that it probably wasn't the best living situation we did learn a lot together in terms of maturity and you know being an adult we can say that um but I definitely think we could have treated each other better so um and it's I'm really happy to see how well they're doing now these days and that kind of led me into a period of time where I chose to kind of step away I stepped away which kind of led me down a path I didn't expect and I guess that was probably what David was thinking he was you know having normal feelings, having normal reactions to life stuff, and he, it was hard to control himself um, because those feelings are powerful, whether it's, you know, uh, feelings of attraction or feelings of anticipation, feelings of fear, feelings of um, anxiety, feelings of um, excitement. Sometimes you can't, you know, control those emotions and you do really stupid things or you do really great things. It's just, you know, it happens and we need to give ourselves grace for that. (laughs) And so, in relation to that, um, because of some of those experiences I had, I just kind of felt like the world was against me, and I 
wasn't, you know, actively going out of my way to search for um, support and help within church because I just, um, at the time, I was within a family ward and I didn't really have many friends because I ended up moving in with my grandparents because I didn't want to move back home because, you know me, the 18-year-old's on her own and she lives by herself. But um, I moved in with my grandparents, which then we all moved in with my aunt. And that eventually led us to, um, not led us, but led me to kind of take charge of my life in the sense that I thought I knew what was best and to an extent I did I you know being the older sister I um kind of had a early mature maturity approach because I was raised by a single mom because my parents were divorced when I was 10 um domestically and then legally um when I was 16 or 15 um and then Moving forward, I kind of just took on the role of a mini mama. And so I always kind of had a feeling. I was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Like, I get how I, re- I know how this world works. Like, it's no big deal. And boy, was I wrong. I was really humble during this experience. And so um, I was seeking out attention and love and connection with all the wrong things. And a lot of what is important was important that I needed to remember as a takeaway from these experiences was that one, I don't know everything, and two, I only have control over how I I react and what choices I make moving forward Um, and making, you know, acting upon what's coming up next. And so um, I don't have control about how people think of me. I don't have control about how people um, feel about me or what they do to me. Um, That is their choice and a representation of what they prioritize or what's important to them. And so I had, I was in a relationship that was very toxic and I chose to participate in things with this relation, within this relationship that didn't bring me joy, that didn't bring me um, connection, didn't bring me um, a sense of acceptance and love that I was looking for. And at the end of the day, I was really just looking for attention because um, I had always wanted to, ever since I think I was a senior in high school, I'd always wanted a boyfriend and Um, one that actually cared about me and accepted me for who I was and um, you know you get into the world and it reminds me of you know the adversary the world just kind of tells you what you like to hear tells you what you what feels good and comfy and cozy and which is not you know and that's not always bad but sometimes it can you know lead you into a um, a growth stunt and you know settling less than what you deserve and so basically what ended up happening was at the end of about the last like week or two of the relationship um my partner got kind of sick of how I was wishy-washy with a lot of different things because I just didn't know where I stood with um you know church and um he wasn't really wanting to respect some of my choices anymore and how I perceived and wanted to move forward with the relationship and a lot of stuff happened that were against my control and it traumatized me and I won't go into details because it's not necessary because it's the past, but it got me to the point where I felt completely worthless and someone that I thought loved me unconditionally and that I thought I loved unconditionally and it wasn't love, um, but it led me down a path that eventually would lead me to where I am today. And so this takes me into how um, I kind of was at a dark, dark, dark point in my life. And this point in my life led me to think that I was worthless, led me to think that I am the problem, I have, I'm sick in the head, or I don't have anything worth living for, and I don't, I became very suicidal, and um, I didn't ever try anything, but I just, 
I had a I had a friend at this time where we were close for a bit and there was some um, elements of mistrust um, unfortunately um, but you know like I said we make some bad choices because we don't know we don't know everything um, and I didn't you know I always you know was praying to God in my heart all the time but I never fully understood what the atonement was and I never fully understood what the gospel was and because I just felt ignorance is bliss if I could just coast on with life it'd be fine and I would go to church and feel guilty I would go to church and feel like I did something wrong I would go to church and feel like I was this outcast and because I was keeping secrets from you know stuff that happened between and within my past and recent past that I just felt like I couldn't belong I didn't couldn't connect with anybody and I of course couldn't tell my mom you know right um I eventually ended up telling her and it broke her heart obviously um but she was so supportive and willing to make sure to remind me how worthy I am and how and remind me of my worth that that doesn't change no matter how I'm treated and that we're going to make mistakes and then it's important that we're not to let them linger let not linger on those feelings of regret too much because at the end of the day we can grow and become better people from this and she was a great um, support and reminder of that um and unfortunately i it took me a minute to kind of realize that i didn't want to live like that anymore i was kind of playing pity party for a while and that's okay i needed time to grieve and you know, kind of be as low as I can be, kind of in the same moment where, not the same, but similar situation where Joseph Smith was in Liberty Jail, and he was pleading with God, or saying, God, kind of like, where are you, why are you letting this happen, and I got, had to kind of go through that own point, or go through my own Gethsemane, where God, where Jesus was like, where are you, I need you, I'm, I'm, I'm in my darkest point of my life, and you're not here, but joke's on me, he was, (laughs) Um, and it made me remember about how God has a divine design for each of our lives and that we don't need to necessarily be grateful for everything that's happened to us, but we can for sure be grateful that it's over and that we've become better, kinder, more empathetic, sympathetic, understanding, better listeners, um, caring, friendly, and, um, more selfless like Jesus Christ and if you re- think about that a lot of those um, adjectives that I've um, listed off are about Jesus Christ or that's literally who he is and wow and upon learning that it changed my life and it made me remember about how the culture of the world kind of what I participated in in the sense where it was not so it was kind of the more toxic part of it um I got rid of all of that stuff and took a part that was my background that I still, you know, felt was near and dear to my heart. And I looked at and analyzed it as I was learning more about the gospel and going to uh, institute and going to um, thanks to that friend of mine and um, and thanks to a wonderful seminary, not seminary, uh, institute teacher. I was able to kind of figure it out through hard work, like I mentioned in part one, um, kind of acquire knowledge needed in order to better understand my past and why it happened the way it did and why it had to be so hard. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it takes me back to Alma 7 verses, I think, 11 through 13. And I'm going to go ahead and read that real quick. 
for you guys. So it's in the Book of Mormon. For those of you that um, don't know where that's at. But it's used a lot in scripture. Be- I mean, in a lot of lessons just because of how profound it is. And it really changed my life. So, um, my gosh, almost so long. <laughs> um, here we go. Perfect. It says, oh my gosh, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. Perfect. It says, And he shall go forth suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind. And this, that the word might be fulfilled, which saith he will take upon him the pains and the sicknesses of his people. And he will take upon him death, that he may loose the bands of death which bind his people. And he will take upon him their infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy, according to the flesh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. Now the Spirit knoweth all things, nevertheless the Son of God suffereth according to the flesh, that he might take upon him the sins of his people, that he might blot out their transgressions according to the power of his deliverance and now behold this is the testimony which is in me i'd like to touch real quick that he might blot out their transgressions transgressions are usually things when we're you know making mistakes that we don't know that or making mistakes or you know sinning um kind of uh, ignorantly where we don't really know um that we're doing is wrong or we could be doing it in a more um christ-like way if that makes sense i don't i don't want to like sugarcoat it sugarcoat transgressions or like soften it but i also don't want it to sound like you know intimidating or scary because it um it's more so just you know us we could be doing better things if that makes sense than with our time that's kind of how i like to see it um and so we're like putting our focus on more important things and what we're placing our focus and priorities on and that doesn't take away, it just means there's the, there is a, such a, a thing called be- good, better, and best. I mean, yeah, good, better, and best. And so that takes me back to when I got to this point and when I was learning all this knowledge, I got to this point, I was like, you know what? This is my testimony. This is why I stay. Is because we have been taught since the beginning of time since even the pre-mortal life when we were when we were being taught about you know god's plan and what we were going to be doing and um we have been taught since the beginning of time that any form of change growth progress it's never going to be a linear direction it is going to be zigzags up and down and most usually it's going to be uphill and oh boy, sure thing for me, it was uphill. And I'm sure for many of you, if not all of you, change and growth and trying to figure out and search for truth and light and knowledge has never been an easy quest. And so I would like to share my testimony of why I stay because is because of the atonement of Jesus Christ is real. God sent his son to die for us, to suffer for us, and to live again so that we could too and receive all that the Father has in store for us. We are his heirs. That's where our worth comes from. Our worth comes from the eternities, the infinity. Like, infinity doesn't end. Our worth never ends. And we be, we can feel worthy and be worthy so long as we have a desire and a heart to change and be better people. And in doing so, we can be kinder. We can be more open-minded and we can be more inclusive we can be more empathetic sympathetic and at the end we can be more christ-like i am so grateful that all that stuff is over and done with but i 
am also very grateful for the things that I've learned and I'm grateful for each of those people that you know coming into my life when they did because I needed that to be able to know what I do and don't want out of life and it led me to a wonderful husband that accepted me for who I was and who I and for who I am today because um, thanks to I mean, as things, but no thanks to that past of mine, I developed a mental health disorder called PTSD and it's grown into chronic just because it's been over a period of like 10 years. So, um, and that has, it's affected our marriage and affected our relationship, but it's never pushed us away from each other. If anything, it grew us closer. And that's because of the atonement, because Christ knows how to completely and honestly and genuinely sucker us within our infirmities. Christ knows what it's like to be you know, traumatized. Go back into the New Testament, read about his life. That is traumatizing. And I know that through the therapist that I've been able to meet with and currently meet with right now, and all the people and wonderful friends and wonderful family members that have been able to, you know, speak with me and meet with me, and especially my um, institute teacher. I love him so much. Um, I have been able to understand that the atonement of Jesus Christ is intimate, is specific for each of us, and that it's by divine design that we are given all these types of life experiences, both good, bad, mediocre, and, you know, different levels for a reason. Thank you so much for letting me share this part of my story in conjunction with the atonement of Jesus Christ. God loves us, Jesus loves us, and he did it for you. Don't forget it. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned for part three coming on Friday. Have a good night.